He's going to line up wide. DJ Moore has only run the ball one time this year. He's going to fake it to Fields and run it for a second time this year. And he's into the end zone. And he got the jump. It's a free play. Fields for Moore. Got him. Touchdown. Bears lead. Fields rolling out. Justin Fields. Formation in football right here. Victory formation. Look at the relief on that man's face. First time winning back-to-back -back games as Bears head coach. And they are now 5-4 and four in their last nine. Geez, welcome back. Here we are. It is fantasy playoffs time. Week 15. But first, the Lions let us down here a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the Bears and the Lions game last week. Yeah, I mean, kind of saw it coming um, on the road. Bears playing well. Justin Fields, you know, finally figuring it out, I think. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Bears do in the offseason at the quarterback. But, yeah, you know, we'll wait. We'll, that'll probably be an episode in itself. But, yeah, I mean, Lions couldn't get anything going, uh, anything offensively. Defensively, it's more or less the same it has been for the two months. I mean, it's it's just been uh, a nightmare for Lions football. I mean, Lions fans on Twitter will tell you that they're all right. They're nine and four because, you know, they've never seen nine and four in what, 70 years. So right. people really don't know how to react. But I'll tell you right now, as a, as a straight up football fan, like I think it's panic time here in Detroit. I mean, they just the panic button already stop anything. I, I think so. I okay. think it, the, the we can look at the remaining schedule here when we preview next uh, this game against Denver. But I mean, you couldn't you didn't score at all in the second half. You keep shooting yourself in the foot. Jared Goff doesn't look good. He turns the ball over. Defense hasn't played well in two months. I mean, the Bears aren't some world beaters. Are they a good football team? Yes, it's the NFL. You know, you're playing the best of the best. They had a good running game. They have a good defense. It's usually success to give even good teams trouble. But, I mean, it's it's been like this for two months. I mean, we've been talking about it that we haven't seen the Lions play a complete game since October. No, I agree. I, and I'm looking right now, and Goff was the definitely the worst in this game. I mean, you know, he got sacked four times through two picks, um, threw the ball 35 times, which I didn't really understand why they threw so much, especially you know how Goff is limited outside. Um, and both running backs, you know, got average six six yards a carry, and they only rushed it twenty one times total with our two dynamic duos. So, didn't understand really the game flow. And geez, this the Lions didn't score the whole second half, which I think that's mm -hmm. a first for the year, which is really alarming, especially to a Chicago team. We thought it would be tough, obviously, because the Fields. I mean, we can't stop the scrambling quarterbacks at all. Um, and we we know how good Fields can be, especially on against the Lions defense, who's absolutely been struggling. But I think the most thing for I take this performance is, like you said, Jared Goff. I think the doubters are starting to come in on Jared Goff. And it, it rightfully so, though. I mean, this guy, he's got all the p potential and all the weapons here possible. I mean, it, it could be play calling as well. But we say he struggles outside. And I just think they should have went with the run game more. And, and, and talk about Chicago here. I mean, Jaquan Brisker getting 17 tackles, 13 of them solo. I mean, guys looking like a stud out there. He was everywhere out there. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds made a couple nice plays. Um, Montez, Montez swept at a sack, you know, I'm sure Brad Holmes was looking at that, but I just look at it this way. I think the doubters are coming in for golf and as they should, 
but we still got we still got some time left so I'm going to keep you know keep my head open but not liking what I'm seeing from Goff and I think this just proves to you and we've talked about this all year this just isn't the league for pocket passes anymore um because once that does break down and the offensive line gets weak and you throw a different formation in there or a different formation of uh linemen I think they did what 10 different formations of linemen this year for like lineups it's just not a good look so I just think that Goff right here has to prove something this week. And uh, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point with the offensive line being banged up. But, I mean, this is the NFL. If you're going to be a quarterback in this league and you want to win in this league, you have to overcome stuff like that. I mean, uh, injuries are going to happen. You, you know, you're going to play without some of your top guys. Obviously, it's on, you know, the next man up uh, to step up and fill that void. But you can't put that, you know, the, all the injuries across the old line, you know, you can't really you know, f- take away from the mistakes that Jared Goff has been making. And like you said, he looks like a jar of mayonnaise when he's under <laughs> pressure out there. It's like you almost need to give him a perfect pocket on every play for him to complete a pass, which to me is troubling. I mean, some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL that we're watching right now can make plays on their feet. And it's not necessarily, you know, scrambling quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. It's guys get out of the pocket, extend plays, you know, okay, it's third and four, it's third and five. And, you know, you can run for the first down and extend drives. And I haven't seen Goff do that all year. And it's really been, if the running game isn't working and you're not giving him a clean pocket, it looks like he's panicking out there. And I mean, he's turned the ball over more times in the last three games, I think, than he had all year up to that point. So, it, again, it's just troubling. I th- I think the Lions are in trouble right now. They went from, you know, legitimate Super Bowl contenders for the first six, seven, eight weeks of the year and last couple months here. Now it's like, okay, maybe they're, they're probably the fourth, fifth best team in the NFC right now. So, you know, they got four games to get it together. I, I mean, it's just the timing of this, you know, I think every NFC team went through this already. Like, you looked at Dallas, they went through it really early in the year before they've really just been on a roll the last six weeks. Obviously, San Francisco had a good month in October there where they just didn't look like themselves. And the Eagles are kind of going through it right now, too. Agreed. Back-to-back losses, lost early to the Jets. So, I mean, every NFC team has gone through something. You just hate to see it happen in this time of year when you got playoff spots on the line, division titles on the line. And, you know, December football is meaningful here in Detroit for the first time in, what, 10 years, Hauser? So, yes. I it, it, it's timing's very, bad. very troubling. Yes, it's the timing's terrible. It's very troubling right now. They need to get back on track and play an entire game. Well, there's a silver lining. Uh, no more outside games for golf, it seems like. So, you got some yep. dome games coming up. So, hopefully, you know, we get the Jared Goff that we see in them domes. Um, so, yeah, they got to come out swinging here Saturday. I mean, this primetime, too. Um, they've been play- they played well in primetime games this year. So, there's another yep. silver lining. So, we'll see. I'm really excited, and I think it's going to be an awesome matchup. So, moving on here. Let's go to the game I think that everybody's talking about. Uh, Buffalo and KC. The Kadarius Tony lining up. Uh, Offsides and pretty much losing them the game after a her- heroic play by Tra- Travis Kelsey. Um, bonehead. To- yep, Tony the bonehead, absolutely. Um, but I really liked. Uh, I really, I really liked the way this game played out because it was one of those games where it was just close all the way till the end, and we figured that you know, Mahomes has got to be Mahomes for him them to win this game. 
and Allen wasn't really Allen. So the quarterbacks played subpar in a game that you both needed them to come out light, lights, light, light, come out lights out crazy. And then you got Buffalo here, who they have, they can't lose. So for them to pull out of this game, even though it was a bonehead call, I think it's absolutely huge. And I think they do have a shot against Dallas this week. Um, I think Dallas, you know, maybe that up down theory could happen. So huge win for Buffalo, but. Just the way Mahomes reacted with the Tony thing, I've never seen anything like it from Patrick Mahomes for the professionalism. But uh, other than that, it, it's the guy was offsides. I mean, I don't know how you can argue it. So, what's your what was your thoughts on this one? You can't argue it. I mean, I don't I don't know what what their what their whole argument was. I mean, like the dudes on the ball, the only person <laughs> that can be on the ball is the center, and everybody is like a step back from the center. That's the line of scrimmage. Nobody can line up in the line of scrimmage but the center. It's literally a rule. So I don't know what the Chiefs and specifically Patrick Mahomes was freaking out for. I mean, you, you come out looking like a complete whiny-ass whiny baby on, on the other end of this. And by all means, I'm probably one of the biggest Mahomes fans that people know. But it was a terrible look for them and the Chiefs. Like, it's clearly a bad call. Like, or it's it's not a bad call. It's a rule. But, you know, it's a, it's a bad look for the Chiefs and especially Mahomes. I mean especially a guy who gets calls like that all the time. Yes. I mean, he's been getting questionable, questionable calls since, you know, winning the first Super Bowl. So for me, it, it was kind of Bush league, a terrible look, but I think you kind of hit it right on the head there. The bills playing with a, you know, backs to the wall. I mean, they got to pretty much went out to, it looks like have a shot to making the playoffs because the AFC. And I mean, we'll talk about the playoff picture here shortly, but the AFC is pretty crowded right now. And, you know, if Buffalo were to fall short and miss the playoffs, I think that would be a, a, a pretty much a, the biggest collapse in Buffalo's recent history. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the Chiefs offense still doesn't look good. Obviously, I think Rasheed Rice is Dog. a guy uh, that he he's going to be somebody. I mean, seven catches for 72 yards. Only one of two Chiefs that got 10 targets during that game, and rightfully so. I mean, I think this is kind of a little late for him to get this involved in the Chiefs' offense. I think he should have been getting, you know, this type of uh, this type of attention in the Chiefs' offense for, you know, two weeks of the season when he's kind of shown. I mean, obviously we can't on, can't count on Kadarius Tony MVS. You know, Justin Watson's good for a 40-yard catch every game, and then. Sky Moore has just completely disappeared. That guy looks like a bust. He really and, has. I mean, spend a, spend a second-round pick on a guy who you thought would be, you know, some type of a difference maker in that offense, but he really hasn't done anything all year. And I think the the fact that Isaiah Pacheco didn't play in this game really hurt the Chiefs' offense, too. They couldn't really get much going on the ground um, other than, you know, Jarek McKinnon scoring a touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, I think they do need Pacheco back in that lineup. But I'm going to give credit to the Bills. Uh, you know, they just made more plays at the end of the day. And that's really what it's all about is uh, making those plays and, you know, limiting those turnovers. And I think for the most part, they did. They only ended up with the one interception from uh, Josh Allen there. So they played good enough to beat a Chiefs team that's ultimately struggling right now. This is clearly the worst Chiefs team we've seen in the Andy Reid Mahomes era here. But credit to the Bills. I mean, they had to go in a tough place to play. Obviously, Kansas City, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. They get the job done on the road and, you know, kind of extend their season for now. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say about this is it's not like this is like a KD, a toe on the line. This was a mm -hmm. complete two feet offsides. 
So for you them to the be ball where he was standing, right? So if it was like closer, where like you're saying, like the Kevin Durant on the three point line, I could understand it. But the guy mm-hmm. was literally uh, two yards off sides. It seemed like, and it was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, moving on here, um, Philly and Dallas. This one. I thought it was going to be one of a really good game. I thought this was going to be a bloodbath. We we did like Dallas in this one, but I think this just proved to you that how banged up Philly is and how their their road just kind of hit a halt playing the defense that they were, especially in Arlington with Dallas. I just I was really impressed with Dallas in this, and it wasn't even Dak. It's just the defense has been playing absolutely crazy good. I mean, Philly lost a lot of these games to Dallas and San Fran by mega points, so. Very, very uh, struggle for them, but we'll see what happens here as they go to Seattle this week. But I just, I think Philly, like you said last week, man, I think they finally, they're hitting their their spot where the San Fran hit, you know, a couple weeks ago and the way Dallas was in the beginning of the year when they played San Fran as well. So I think they're hitting at their spot. Um, Hopefully they can pull it out here against Seattle, but I just think that they're hitting that. And I think that um, that's something we should definitely uh, keep monitoring. I mean, I said it last week, this team kind of reminded me of Minnesota last year. Like, you know, obviously Minnesota, what did they win? 12, 13 games, I think, last year or something crazy. They they had a really yeah. good year last year. Um, but they were, like, just on the other side of, of one-score games. They pretty much won every one-score game. But they would play a good team that's above 500, that's a playoff team, and absolutely get waxed. And... This is exactly what Philly's been doing. I mean, they've been on the other side of these one-score games all year where, you know, they happen to have the ball last or they just make enough one more play than the other team does. And, I mean, this is back-to-back weeks where you're looking at the top two seeds in the NFC and, you know, offense didn't even score a touchdown in this game. So I I really think this is gut-check week for Philly. Um, Obviously, they have Seattle this week. They got ultimately – um, have a little bit of an easier schedule down the road than say Dallas or San Fran does. Uh, but it's gut check. Uh, I think it's gut check time for, for Philly here. If you're Jalen hurts in that offense, you got to, I you know, I heard they had a players only meeting here. Um, you know, and they, they got to get the, their shit back together here. If they want to even, you know, have a chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Obviously I think they're, they're going to have a playoff spot, even if they happen to just lose out, which I don't think is the case here. They'll probably finish the year with somewhere around 11, 12 wins. But, I mean, as of right now, this looks like Dallas's division to lose. And Dallas just looks so dominant again. And um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously down the stretch what uh, what this division end up looks like here. But I, I think it'll be huge for Dallas to win that division and get that home playoff uh, game. Because obviously Dallas is going to end up with probably the two seed uh, and play that seventh seed there, whoever happens to sneak into that last seed in the NFC. But again, I think Dak Dak needs to be in the conversation for NFC. Granted, he's got weapons like the 49ers do, um, but I just think he's playing better. I think he's playing the best quarterback that he has. I mean, this is the best quarterback play probably of his career. Um, up to this point. So, I mean, I just think the offense is firing on all cylinders right now for Dallas. And even with some of the injuries that they've had, um, they're able to overcome them. But no, this is this is a good team. And, you know, I, it, with me, Dallas, it's always waiting for the other shoe to fall, kind of like the Lions right now. But, right. you know, we'll see. We'll see if they can continue this into the playoffs here. Obviously, San Fran's been their Achilles heel in the playoffs the last few years. So, if they can potentially avoid San Fran all the way to the NFC title game, I think that'll be the 
the best case scenario for Dallas here. But uh, again, uh, Philly doesn't look good. Dallas looks like the better team right now, and I think ultimately Dallas is going to win this division. It's going to be really close because, I mean, you, we'll talk about this here in the next segment coming up, but, uh, you know, you got Dallas, they got Buffalo, they got the Dolphins and the Lions and the Commanders. And, mm-hmm. we, you know, the the Eagles got the Giants twice and then the Cardinals. So, and with the Seahawks coming up this week, obviously, too. So, you know, they have a chance to win four in a row, possibly, too, based on that. You know, the Bills, Dolphins, Alliance, I mean, that's going to be a loss in between there at one point, too. So, we'll definitely see, but Dak, definitely in the MVP conversation, for sure. Um, Definitely a lot of haters are being, um, you know, he's definitely silenced a lot of them. And he's looked really good, honestly. Like, he, the, the, the Cowboys just look like a really good team. They look like a really good coach team. I can't say the last time I said the Cowboys were a really good coach team, but, you know, Dan Quinn on the defense and uh, McCarthy on the offense, they got something going kind of right now. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I'm definitely excited to see how this one pans out. All right, Helzer, week 14 is in the books here. I think we got to talk a little bit about this playoff picture. It's still pretty wide open, if you uh, if we're being honest here. Uh, only, only team in the NFL right now that's clinched the playoff spot is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, obviously they're in control of their own destiny, uh, with the one seed and the NFC West, uh, title looking like that's going to be theirs. Uh, but let's talk about some of the changes here. We'll start on the NFC side. Obviously we talked about the 49ers Cowboys beating the Eagles Cowboys jump up to that second seed right now. And they're in control of their own destiny in the NFC East. If they went out, the Eagles went out. I mean, the Cowboys are going to be the NFC East uh, champions here. Uh, so obviously some big implications on that on that game here. Uh, Cowboys have a little bit tougher schedule, though, so uh, they really do have to kind of keep pace with Philly or, you know, continue to just try to win out. Eagles got the Seahawks this week. Dallas has Buffalo. Um, then we got in the three seed here. The Lions still holding on to that three seed. I think the three seed is probably their ceiling right now. Yep. Uh, obviously, they, they don't look as good as Dallas or um, the San Francisco 49ers right now. Uh, so they're sitting at nine and four. They're in control of their own destiny for a home playoff game the first time since 1993 and their first ever NFC North title. They've won the NFC Central a few times, but never <laughs> have won the NFC North. So they're in control of their own destiny. I think uh, their next four games, they just have to win a combination of two, beat the Minnesota Vikings one of those uh, games, and uh, they'll have the NFC North locked up uh, on the three seed there. Four seed ultimately has to go to the NFC South, so somebody in this division has to win. Um, and I'm pretty, almost pretty certain it's been somebody different every week. As yep. of right now, the Buccaneers are the four seed. Uh, obviously, uh, the Falcons and the Saints with both six and seven, just like the Buccaneers. So somebody's got to win this damn division. It's not going to be Carolina. Your favorite um, division, but, too. Uh, Oh boy, it's a tough division. I feel like there's one one division like this every year where it's just like, man, why are we even inviting you to the party? But yep. I mean, you you know you got you got spots to fill. Uh, so then obviously the next three are going to be the wild card here. We got the Eagles sitting at ten and three, second in the NFC. They're still going to be battling Dallas there for that division. So that down the stretch is probably going to be one of the bigger storylines. And then surprisingly, you got two NFC North teams here. We got the Vikings and Packers sitting in the six and seven seeds. Vikings seven and six, second in the North. Packers six and seven, they're third in the North. Obviously, losing to the Giants last week hurt them tremendously. They could have, uh, you know, also been seven and six with the Vikings there, um, and been right at the right at the Lions' heels there. So, 
Um, and then we got a few teams in the hunt at six and seven here. Obviously, we talked about the Falcons and Saints, but ahead of them are the Rams and Seahawks. So uh, two NFC West teams there. I really think that, you know, it's it's that deep in the NFC. I think the Giants are out of it. They've been, a you know, an interesting team to start two and eight. Now they rattle off these three wins kind of unnecessarily. But and then you have the Bears there. I think the Bears, you know, just don't have enough to get it done yet. I think they the Bears and the Giants dug themselves too deep of a hole to kind of overcome this late in the year. I, if they win out, they may have a shot. But, I mean, you're going to have to win every single game in order to try to get into the dance there. Um, so my thoughts right now, uh, I do think that the Rams or Seahawks are probably going to be the ones to get in over the Vikings or Packers. Yep. Right now, the Vikings don't really, doesn't really seem like the Vikings have a quarterback at this point. At this point here, yeah, I mean, I look at it this way, man. So first of all, this four seed, whoever gets this, they're probably going to get balanced first round, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, six and the seven, man. The Rams, if their defense can even be mediocre, they have the offense to to get in the wild card. And I think Absolutely. that that with Seattle as well, um, even though with their schedule, I think they have enough talent. I don't see another NFC South team making it, so I will eliminate the Falcons and Saints here or Tampa Bay or whatever. Only one team is going to make it out of those. Giants, like you said, man, it's a it's a funny story, you know, with uh, Mr. Italian Boy, but um, I just don't see it. And then the Bears, for the Bears to even be in this discussion for, you know, I'm thinking of being the number one pick um, is just absolutely insane. But I think the craziest part is is how the Panther, or the Cardinals aren't eliminated yet at 3-10. and 10. It, it, it that just shows you how wild that this year is for just you know how unpredictable the NFC is. But I do I could see a situation where the Packers get in. Uh, like you said, Vikings with the quarterback. I just don't see it. Um, I would be shocked if they made it based on their quarterback controversy. But um, yeah, I think everybody everything's lining up here like like the way we said it here. So. Is there any team here that you think could be dangerous if they do get in? Like, I would say maybe the Rams just based on the offense. Um, but is there a team there that you think they can maybe get out of that first round and just, you know, make a game for the second round to, you know, the top four teams? Uh, if I had to pick, I think it's going to be uh, whoever is the, the second place in the NFC East. Um, obviously, that's a little bit of a cop-out. So if I had to go a step further... I think it would be the Rams. I, I just think right now their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Yep. Um, obviously, they've played a lot better than what I anticipated to start the year. Stafford and, you know, uh, weapons are emerging. Kyra Williams is emerging as a lead running back. So if I had to pick, it would probably be the Rams. But uh, realistically, it's probably the Eagles or Dallas that has a bigger opportunity to make a run for it. But if I had to pick somebody on the bubble right now or kind of, you know, in the six to seven spot, I, I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, I agree. Let's go with the AFC here. Uh, Baltimore, number one seed. Are they holding it down, you think? You think it's theirs to lose? I mean, I, I think so. I think it's theirs to lose, yeah, because the Dolphins seem to can't beat anybody over 500. Chiefs aren't the Chiefs, obviously, and the Jaguars are, you know, kind of dealing with some injuries. Same with the Browns. Uh, guys, uh, those teams kind of nipping at their heels. So yeah, uh, much like the 49ers that this is, this is in the Ravens destiny. This is in the Ravens hands that, you know, their destiny is in their own hands right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You got Miami here second at nine and four. Um, ah, 
Miami's weird, man. Like I said, I don't think that they're frauds, but I just think that you get a different team every week. I mean, even with Tyreek Hill being Tyreek Hill, I mean, losing to the Titans, I don't care. You lost to the Titans and we'll love us. I'm sorry. You know, that's just man, something that you don't. you're 14 with two minutes left. How the fuck do you lose that game? Yeah, you don't do that. And at home, too. You lost at home to the Titans, which absolutely is just ridiculous. I mean, they got the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Ravens, and the Bills uh, coming up. That's That's a tough schedule. So I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to be in this two seed. I could see them being in this, you know, three or four seed uh, coming up here. Especially, I think the Chiefs will actually get their shit together and uh, come back up, maybe to the number two seed. But yeah, I, I don't see uh, Miami keeping this two seed at all with their schedule coming up with Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. I mean, you could you could lose three games depending on how you play right there. So then you go with the Chiefs here. You know, I, I just like I said, we haven't seen that Chiefs team that we really wanted to see. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe last week uh, kind of brings them in their own uh, way where they got they got to get shit going. Maybe it, it, it wakes them up a little bit. So I'm very curious to see that. But I do think that that's in the right spot for them. And, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I just can't see them losing to the Colts or the Texans with the C.J. Stroud injury. I think they do lock that four seed in. And now this is where I'm going to let you talk right here, Jeez, because this is the most fascinating wild card in the AFC right here between the 5, 6, and 7. So if I if you had to pick right now a five six and seven team, what would your three be as as of now? I think right now the Browns. As much as I would love to pick them, I think the Browns are in trouble just for how many injuries they have had to deal with both on both sides of the ball. But you know you know what I'm going to give Browns a, a hell of a lot of credit here. They've been able to keep their shit together. I mean you lose Nick Chubb, uh, Deshaun Watson's done. Uh, a couple of guys on defense, like I said, and. You're sitting at eight and five somehow still with uh, kind of, you know, your own destiny in your hands to make the playoffs. Obviously, I don't think they got enough to make the to make a run at the division here, um, even though they did split with Baltimore. Uh, But I do think that they find a way to get in Uh, for whatever reason. Stefanski has, you know, got me believing in this Browns team. Uh, They're a very good defensive team. Um, I, I just think that they have something there. Um, and you know, they, they can always kind of roll the ball. They can always kind of run the ball there in Cleveland. Um, right now I'm I'm not a big believer in the Steelers. Um, I just think if you have to have Mitch Trubisky or even, you know, Kenny Pickett at quarterback, I just don't believe that they, they have enough to hold on there. They've obviously lost some terrible games here lately. Uh, down the stretch and they really you really can't afford to have that Colts are an interesting playoff team here um, I think that they will be out um, and if somehow the Houston Texans can find a way to beat Tennessee with Davis Mills at quarterback this week <laughs> um, obviously CJ Stroud has a concussion but I think the bigger injury there is losing Tank Dell for the year I mean Tank yes. Dell was emerging as a as a, a legit weapon for him and it looks like that there's going to be more weapons out this week for the Texans there. So, unfortunately, I don't think I can pick the Texans right now either. Um, but, man, I, I just something about the way the Broncos have been playing lately. Talk and the Bills are sitting there at 7-6 and six right now. I don't know if Jake Browning can continue to play the way he has right now. But, yeah, as of right now, I don't think the Steelers or Colts are going to make it. If I had to pick a couple teams, you know, watch out for the Broncos, the Bengals, the Bills. Unfortunately, I just think the Raiders and the Jets are just too far away. Same with the Titans. Yeah. Um, had they got off to better starts of the year, certainly they'd be in this picture. Um, but to me right now, I think it's going to be the Broncos, Bengals, 
um, that could be on the way in in the playoffs, you know, come end of the end of the month here. Yeah. And I'm looking at it this way here. I'm looking at the schedule. Um, like you said, I'm just super impressed with Cleveland um, and they got Chicago coming up. Could be an easy, a win. Houston's definitely going to be tough. We'll see how Stroud is. And then you got the Jets and the Bengals. So definitely winnable games for them, especially the way they control the football. So I like I like Cleveland to slide in one of those spots. And then Denver, they can beat the Lions this week. They got the Pats, the Chargers, and the Raiders. You looking, you could win four in a row. Three out of four is mostly probably going to be likely, but you could possibly go four in a row here, and that gets you in, in my opinion, especially with that with them two weak teams in the middle there with the Patriots and the Chargers. And then, like you brought up, you got the Bills. And the Bills, to me, if they beat the Cowboys, if they can come off back-to-back weeks beating the Chiefs and the Cowboys, you're coming in with the Chargers, the Patriots, and then the Dolphins. So the last week is going to be in the Dolphins. That's going to be the toughest one, obviously. But if they can take care of business this week, they got the Chargers in New England as well. So I think these are the three teams to watch here based on the schedule. And um, I, I would love to see Josh Allen in the playoffs, too, going in high. I think that would be uh, something to see there. And I think that is something that uh, no AFC team wants to see is uh, Josh Allen when he is hot. So if I had to pick, I think those would be my three teams. Yeah, it's going to be playoff atmosphere here down the, the rest of the way down the stretch for for these teams. I mean, it's going to be a couple uh, wild few weeks here, to say the least. Yeah, and I, I just I don't trust the Steelers or the Colts. And, and no, no disrespect to Shane Steichen, but, I mean, if Anthony Richardson is the quarterback, totally changed my mind. But we're going with Gardner Minshew. If you do get in, you're getting bounced first round. So that's not going to be enough. So, yeah, I think those will be the teams going forward, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, so we are here. It is week 15. We're going to do a build preview. We got a little Saturday night action. Yeah, Saturday night, December football. Um, probably guessing mostly no college football on. You know, got to get them views. But all in all, I'll be down there. I think it's going to be a great game. Probably one of the games of the week in the NFL. You got Denver versus Detroit. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier. This is a must win for the Lions. I know that there's really no must win based on their record, but I think that they really need this win, Jeej. And if Denver can pull this off too, like we just talked about a little bit ago with their schedule, um, they're going to be looking hot too. So uh, keys to the game here. I think the Lions, they need to establish the run. Um, you know, Denver, they got the turnovers. They can they can force them. But I think if you can run the football on Denver and keep that with Gibbs and Montgomery, I think that's a big thing going forward. And I also think for Denver is um, they need to score right away. It seems like when they, they score right away, um, the opposite team at Ford Field, crowd seems to die down a little bit, and uh, it just doesn't seem like it's the same when the Lions score right away. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm on 100% agreement here. I'm not sure if it's a must win for Detroit, but it's it's a must play better, that's for sure. Um, I think the key for Detroit here is, is going to be running the ball. I mean, Denver's defense is not great, um, but somehow they've been finding ways to win the game, uh, obviously being at 7-6 and six there. But, yeah, I, I think this is a week that if you're Detroit, you're playing at home, uh, primetime game, Ford Field should be loud. Uh, you, you're going to have to run the ball. And Denver has struggled to stop the run all year. Um, and one of the keys uh, for Detroit's defense, I mean, they got to stop Denver from running the ball. Uh, their passing game, Denver's passing game is not explosive. Uh, every time that I've watched Denver, it Detroit seems like Lions it's been a back lot of at home. a lot of dink and dunks uh, from Russell Wilson. So I think if you can stop their running attack and make Russell Wilson throw the ball downfield, um, I think that you'll you'll have a recipe for success. But on the Broncos side of things, I do think that you have to establish some type of running attack. 
Um, and this is the week to try to do it. I mean, the Lions defense hasn't played well at all uh, in the past couple of, of weeks. Uh, we can even extend that to months if you really want to. Uh, so if they can get a, their own running attack established, they're going to be in this game 100 uh, percent because that play action attack for Denver will be there. Uh, but I also think that they're going to have to take some shots against this Lions defense. Obviously, the secondary is banged up. No C.J. Garner-Johnson this week, but we might see him next week. So I think you got to take advantage of that if you're Sean Payton. Obviously, you got Sutton and Jerry Judy, uh, but I think a third person needs to step up, whether it's somebody out of the backfield or, you know, Troutman in the tight end spot. Uh, they do at some point have to try to attack the secondary of the Detroit Lions and uh, try to take advantages of some of the weaknesses that those Lions defense presents itself. Yeah, I think the craziest part about this, you were talking about Denver's defense. Uh, points allowed, Denver's gave up less points than the Lions, and they got dropped 70 on them earlier this year. So I think that really shows you the struggle of the Lions defense lately. Um, but yeah, I think you hit everything on the head, Gija. You got to run the ball. Um, you got to stop the run. Javante Williams is getting, you, you could definitely tell that he's getting uh, away from his injury. He's starting to look a little more comfortable. And uh, say what you want about Russ, but he's definitely looked a lot better as well. And I know they were talking about this on the radio, and I don't really know what to think about this, but I guess it does kind of make sense just based on, um, you know, from personal experience. But uh, playing against a mentor, you know, Sean Payton, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like making Campbell, you know, more motivated or if he's going to get a little more nervous on that too. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. And uh, is there going to be a lot of trickery? You know, he's he's the one that probably taught Dan Campbell the trickery. So is Sean Payton going to pull some strings? Is Dan Campbell going to pull some strings? So I'm sure you're going to see some wacky stuff in this one. So I'm, I can't wait to see it. And then we'll go here. Hundred uh, percent. Like I said, I just think that this is going to be one of the games. And like I said, Saturday primetime. I mean, this is this is how you tell Christmas is coming up. These type of games. And um, I, I just I'm all for it. And I think uh, Detroit really needs to let this crowd know that hey, we didn't lose it. You know, we might have hit a bump, but we still we still got this. So we'll see how it goes. Let's go to the next one here. Um, Cowboys Bills. We talked about this one as well. Um, the up-down theory, Jeej. Uh, what's your thoughts on the up-down theory with this one? Do you think Dallas comes out hot still, or do you think them going to Buffalo might be a little, uh, you know, after KC uh, losing, to, losing to Buffalo, you know, maybe a little momentum happens in uh, Dallas uh, going out to Buffalo. See, see, see what happens. But I, I think it's a little more dangerous than people think based on the way the Cowboys have been playing. Thousand percent. This kind of has trap game written on it for me for Dallas, and especially like you said, coming off a big division win against the Eagles, uh, where you kind of trounced them. Um, Dak's got to play outside in, in Buffalo, and I mean, obviously, this time of year in Buffalo, anything can happen weather-wise. It's a 4:30 kickoff, so obviously, it's going to be cold yep. uh, by the time you know third third quarter starts here. So. This is not going to be an easy game for Dallas. I mean, like you said, Buffalo's kind of playing like a wounded animal right now. <laughs> uh, so if you get if you get too close, man, it's going to bite. And that's kind of what how I see this Buffalo Bills team, uh, you know, kind of playing the rest of the season. Backs to the wall, nothing to lose. You got to fucking just, you know, kind of go out there and do anything you can to win the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the keys here will start with Buffalo. Obviously, Buffalo, you got to figure out a way to stop that passing game. I think Dak, Dak and Dallas, I mean, obviously, you got CD Lamb, a bunch of weapons, Ferguson, uh, Brandon Cooks, I mean, Tony Pollard, obviously. You got to find a way to slow down Dallas's offense. Um, so I think, obviously, that the way to the best way to do that is keeping them off the field, running the ball, establishing the run. Um, and it's not an easy thing to do against Dallas. I mean, Dallas is one of the best defenses in the league for a reason. 
So Buffalo's got to find a way to run the ball, keep that offense on the on the sidelines there. And obviously the best way to do that again, running the ball, but also limiting the turnover. So Josh Allen's really got to have to play a complete game and, and take care of the ball. But I think if you're Dallas, I think, you know, it's it's pretty much the same formula you have passed uh, for the past couple of weeks, score early and score often. Um, I think if Dallas can, you know, put up 21 in the first half on, on Buffalo, it's going to be very tough for Buffalo uh, to sit back and drop back and, you know, have Josh Allen throw the ball 50 times against this uh, against this Dallas defense there. So I think if Dallas can come out humming, um, they'll be in control of the game. They'll be able to control the clock. They'll be able to control the, the pace and momentum of this game and really force Josh Allen to make some big plays. And, you know, that type of quarterback that Josh Allen is, that gunslinger mentality, uh, you know, he's going to be prone to turnovers. Yep, prone to turnovers. Uh, Dallas, you know, the top five defense. They also got a top five offense as well. So they're they're hot. They are. But, like I said, the up-down theory kind of scares me. And, like you said, this is just a trap game. Like you said, this is written all over it, trap game. I couldn't agree with you more. The one thing I will say, though, with Dallas, if they can pull this out and look good, I think they, they, they're they right there with San Fran because uh, this, this Buffalo team, is their backs are against the wall. You go out in Buffalo and you dominate – I think you're right up there with San Fran. I don't think it's. I think it's going to be those two at the top. So mm-hmm. I'm going to love to see it here. I think this is going to be one of them fun games to see. I'm guessing this is a, a Tony Romo game here and uh, uh, Jim Nance. So or we'll see. But it's, it's a Fox game. So is it really? We're probably going to. Yeah, I'm we shocked. Might get Greg Olson and. Uh, in company there, but yeah, it's it's not a CBS game. It looks like a CBS game by just the looks of it. It looks like a Tony Roll. But yeah, this one's gonna be an awesome game, I think. And um like I said, I think Buffalo does barely pull it out, but uh, you know, Dallas can't afford to lose this one, I think, being ten and three. So let's go to the next one here. Ravens and Jags. This one's really interesting. Um I you really want everybody wants to pick the Ravens, especially with the way the Jags have been playing, the injury to Lawrence. Um but it just seems like one of those games, too, where the Jags need this more than the Ravens. If the Ravens drop this one, they're only going to drop a little bit. So what's your thoughts on this one here? Obviously, the Jags need this more, but, you know, Baltimore has just been very hot, and um, I, I, it's hard not to pick not to pick Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a type of game where both teams kind of need this one. I mean, you look at it here, Baltimore is fighting for the number one seed, and, I mean, they got the Miami Dolphins right behind them, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they can't really afford to drop any games um, with this tight of, you know, kind of tight race here at the top. Um, but at on the other side of the coin, obviously, Jacksonville really needs this game to kind of keep pace uh, with everybody else here. Obviously, Jacksonville's in the, the lead for the division. So right now, even if they lose this game, you know, I think that they'll still be in the fourth slot, uh, the fourth seed. Uh, but no, I, this this has one of those type of playoff atmosphere type of games written all over it. Yep. Um, obviously. Baltimore has been running the ball very well. They come off a big win last week on a walk-off punt return um, against the Rams. So we know that Baltimore can score, uh, but can Baltimore get after Trevor Lawrence, obviously playing on a little bit of a bum ankle there. So I think the key for Baltimore is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Can can they get after Trevor Lawrence? You know, Can they get him moving? Because um, right now I think the best thing for Baltimore to do is kind of test out his mobility. So whether it's, you know, sending extra defenders or just plain and simple getting after the quarterback. Um, I think that's the one thing that the Baltimore defense has to do is get after Trevor Lawrence this week just to see if he's able to, you know, move effectively and make plays with his feet and extend plays. 
Um, for Jacksonville, obviously, it's going to have to be trying to limit that rushing attack from uh, the from Baltimore. It doesn't matter who's got the ball in the backfield, or even yeah, um, or even you know Lamar Jackson himself. The, the Baltimore Ravens have one of the best offenses in the league, and obviously a, a great as well. So, uh, you know, a lot a lot is uh, favoring towards Baltimore right now. I mean, Baltimore is just a better team in my opinion. Um, so Jacksonville kind of has to play with their backs against the wall on this one. I think, like you said, it's a little bit of a more of a uh, must win for Jacksonville than it is Baltimore. But really, at the end of the day, both teams are going to need this game here for playoff positioning. Yeah, and I look at it, I look at two stats here. Look at the sacks by both teams. You got Jacksonville twenty seven. You got Baltimore forty nine in the top five of the league. Um, based mm-hmm. on Trevor Lawrence, you know, deer in the headlights. Look, seeing that number right there, almost doubling your sack total. And then you also look at this here, passing yards allowed. Baltimore only gave up 2,342 passing yards this whole year, which is absolutely outstanding for, you know, going into week 15. So you got to get ETN involved, and I just don't know if they're going to have enough here. Even though it is in Jacksonville, you know, I just I just feel like the Ravens, they're just, they're just that hot team, and they look like the best team in the AFC right now. And usually the best team in the AFC kind of rolls through. But if Trevor Lawrence can pull this out, I think this would be absolutely outstanding for the Jags and give them that one spot up, but also a huge win beating the Ravens team who's absolutely destroyed teams this year, including good teams. So I'm really curious to see how this one plays out. 100% should be a playoff type of atmosphere. Hopefully we get a, a just a good game here in prime time. 